0: Money FM 89.3. The best of your money. Market view on Money FM
1: 89.3. Good morning. I'm Michelle Martin. It's Tuesday, the 25th of April. Let's check on Asian markets this morning looking mix. Joining me now to break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryanhua.
0: Good morning, Michelle.
1: Let's start the morning with corporate earnings, uh, that of one of the world's best-known beverage makers, as well as those of a mid-size U.S. bank that listeners likely never heard of until last month's banking crisis. I'm talking about Coca-Cola and First Republic Bank. We're going to see how each of these uh, is doing and what their performance really says about the state of the broader economy. All right, let's start with Coke Coca Cola netted more than 3 billion US dollars during the first three months of the year. Better than expected. What is powering Coke's business?
0: Yeah, I love my soft drinks, and I am probably contributing to Coke's profits. (laughs) because it was a pretty good quarter. So if you look at some of the factors being cited by the company, they are pointing to higher prices, which they've managed to pass on to consumers. So price hikes, one of them, Mm -hmm. not denting the demand. So high demand as well. I think with borders reopening, people going out and about more, you've got people enjoying sodas in settings that would typically have sodas, like movies, restaurants and events so that could be a factor lifting demand for coke and i think um they are expecting to raise prices further this year and that could be further um, support for its stock price So,
1: uh, price increases that Coke's been passing on really muting uh, its demand in an insignificant way. Shares of Coca-Cola, though, slipped 0.2% after it reported those earnings. While first quarter profits were stronger than expected, uh, the beverage giant did not raise its sales forecast for the full year. So, not a huge amount of optimism on that front moving forward. Coca-Cola, by the way, was the only company in the S&P 500 to report earnings overnight but more than 170 companies are scheduled to follow it this week. We take a step back for a minute. Do you think that Coke's earnings tell us anything about the broader US economy right
0: now? Yeah, that's a great question. Is the Coke glass half full or half empty? (laughs) So it is a mixed bag when you look at what's being um, considered, right? So you've got price hikes, and that's because you've got prices of things going up. And Coke pointed to a couple of things that are costing more. This includes prices for sweeteners and juices. So, stuff it needs to make Coke with is costing more. On the other hand, stuff that it pays to ship Coke around is costing less. So, shipping and freight is starting to moderate on the front. So, when it comes to the economy, it kind of reflects that it is patchy. Some things are costing more. Mm. Some things are costing less. It also talked about the economic outlook when it comes to at least what's happening in North America. It describes it as a mixed bag. So what is good news? Things like low unemployment, falling gas prices, stable consumer savings, all acting as tailwinds for the outlook. But inflation and higher mortgage rates are weighing on spending sentiment. So it's a bit cautious on where it's going to be seeing the rest of the year. Plus, it also even cited the recent banking crisis as fueling further uncertainty around purchasing behavior, at least in Europe, uh, though it is recognizing that China is bouncing back. So it's back and forth depending on where you look, which markets and how things will play out. So no changes to its outlook.
1: Now, Wall Street was stuck in standstill mode overnight as investors await more corporate results, as well as a fresh report on the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 0.2 percent. S&P 500 was flat. The Nasdaq dropped 0.3 percent. All right, I want to turn to the financial sector where the San Francisco-based lender First Republic Bank is reporting earnings. It's the first time it's doing so since receiving a 30 billion U.S. dollar lifeline from Some of America's biggest banks. Take a look at the numbers. First Republic nets at nearly two hundred seventy million US dollars during the first quarter of this year, better than expected, and yet its shares are down more than twenty percent in after hours trade. Can you help us understand that?
0: Yeah, so good quarter, but not a great reaction. So I think a lot of focus was on the deposits, and that was reflected with the drop of seventy-two billion dollars last quarter, even after Wall Street's largest lenders parked thirty billion dollars in cash just to help shore up the finances at First Republic, investors and customers flocking to the what they perceive to be relative safety of bigger banks, moving away from the smaller ones like First Republic. So that played out in the first quarter in the wake of the collapse of SVB, Signature Bank, and the rest of the banking, banking turmoil Uh, That's been playing out in the past few months. And on top of that, you have First Republic planning to cut its workforce by up to 25%. It's also pursuing strategic options. And all this is just lending a tone of uncertainty to the banking sector right now.
1: Now, we've seen uh, the US's biggest banks are raking in billions of dollars and their balance sheets are strong. So what do you think First Republic Bank's results tell us about the state of the smaller mid-sized bank and also whether the banking crisis and banking consolidation is over?
0: Yeah, in that um, narrative, right, it does look like perhaps there has been an overreaction to how much has been placed on um, this uh, so-called flight to safety. Perhaps people are just flocking there as a knee-jerk reaction. And a lot has been said about how it has been overpriced to some extent that these banks are actually not in that deep trouble as what people perceive it to be. So in terms of what could play out in the next few quarters, things are potentially going to stabilize and we could see more confidence coming back to some of these banks. Already we've seen what we talked about, the $30 billion deposit infusion from 11 US banks. So you've got that backstop in place. You've got the Fed also talking about being a last resort. So you have some reassurances that things won't repeat itself to some extent. So on that front, I think you don't have that big a worry as what markets are pricing in at the moment.
1: Yeah, well said. Speaking of money, while it's not in the same ballpark, Citigroup's wealth management business here in Asia is doing well. Its revenue jumped 20% in the first quarter of this year. All right, let's turn our attention to China. Stocks have posted their biggest two-day drop this year over in China. Investors are selling off amid concerns about geopolitical tensions and China's economy. Stocks in Hong Kong, for example, are down 4% over the past week, nearly 10% over the past three months. There are also concerns that China could be facing a new COVID wave. Now, where there's trouble, there is always opportunity, Ryan. So what is one group of companies that appears to actually be benefiting from this news over in China?
0: Yeah, Michelle, guess what was the top search term over the weekend in China? It was COVID. Ah. (laughs) So anything to do with... Addressing, fighting COVID is likely to benefit. And of course, in focus will be the nation's drug makers. So the likes of Xingxiang Tuoxin Pharmaceutical jumped as much as 20% in Shenzhen. Haibyo Pharmaceutical rallied 15%. So barking the trend against the broader market uh, where we saw CSI 300 falling 1.6%. So... A new COVID wave sparking further interest or renewed interest in some of these um, COVID ben- beneficiaries?
1: Definitely not helping when it comes to sentiment for an already fragile economy. Another sector that is attracting renewed interest in China is cryptocurrency, particularly as China's central bank is promoting its own digital currency, the digital yen. We've talked quite a bit about this. As a result, we've seen digital currency stocks surge as well. Do you have more on that?
0: Yeah, so I am a bit curious about this. Uh, of course, China has been making a big push to promoting the digital yuan. Mm. But it's a bit of a cash thing, too. In order for people to spend it, you need people to be able to spend it. It's because right now, there's this ecosystem you have to put in place. If the shops don't accept it, then it's going to be very tough to see it be mainstream in that sense. So you have. In its latest efforts, China trying to promote it by paying civil servants as well as other state sector employees with digital yuan, part of their salary. So you kind of have to spend it somehow because they paid you with that digital yuan. But then based on reports, some of these people are saying, hey, we don't really have a lot of places to spend it apart from some of the um, government-supported places like transport subsidies or some of the government-run shops. Apart from that, they are facing some trouble spending so it is a bit of an obstacle if you're trying to popularize the e chinese yuan so I think they have some ways to go before you see that really take off.
1: Yeah, great point there. I mean, how do you really ensure a living ecosystem? The use case of uh, these CBDCs. It is over in Jiangsu, which is a city in Suzhou, a subordinate city to Suzhou, over in eastern Jiangsu province, where officials are being finding their salary paid in cryptocurrency. For our next story, let's bring the conversation back to Singapore, where the trial of the former oil tycoon O. K. Lim is proceeding seating down over at the state courts limb faces forgery charges The 81 year old former high flyer is accused of cheating HSBC out of more than 111 million US dollars in the latest courtroom action. Lim's former personal assistant, Serene Singh, broke down in tears as she testified she was very scared for herself and her children. What's at the root of the fear?
0: Yeah, so it's quite an unfortunate case for her. So she was the manager of corporate affairs back when she was at Hin Leong Trading, and she was in that place for Close to 30 years. Can, can, can I imagine um, you know, being familiar with your boss and having the ties that she had? She probably felt, in some sense, obligated to follow his instructions. So that was, I think, the crux of it. OK Lim gave her some instructions to falsify documents to support some of these fraudulent um, dealings with the bank. And to support that, she gave further instructions to a subordinates. So she, in a way, was uh, an accomplice to what was playing out. And she, in her defense, said she was under pressure to do so because she was fearful about how she was stuck in a place where she was uh, possibly putting her children at risk, going to jail when they were so young. So she just tried to cover up as much as she could and then one thing led to another and she's stuck in this unfortunate position right now.
1: Well, Previously, Singh had testified that while Lim was a good boss, he could also be domineering and would not take no for an answer. She also never thought that Lim's oil trading empire would collapse. She figured it just needed time to raise funds. Complicated case. Time now for corporate news. We do it up or down style. Let's open the books and look at LVMH, the luxury
0: good maker. All right, luxury, going up, market and up, up and away. And I'm going up. So LVMH exceeding 500 billion dollars in market cap. Woo. So there's the first one in Europe. and it's good news for. The world's richest man who will become even richer.
1: Oh my goodness. The first company in Europe to have market cap of more than half a trillion US dollars. LVMH. Why am I not surprised? Definitely an up for, for the company. Okay, let's look at shipping counters.
0: Alright, I am going with up. And this really? is around um, some headlines. Singapore, Los Angeles and Long Beach to establish a green and digital corridor. So there are some efforts in Motion to support the transition to low and zero emission fuels by ships, calling at Singapore and these two Western US ports. So it's going to go some ways to helping some of these uh, shipping companies become greener.
1: Interesting. I'm looking at slightly different headlines that say that political tensions between the U.S. and China are apparently contributing to lower container shipments between the two countries. Speakers at the Capital Link Singapore Maritime Forum said they are seeing lower shipping volumes. So in my book, it's a down for shipping companies.
0: So listeners, you get a bit of both sides today. Let's look at Bitcoin. Alright, Bitcoin is going to be an up for me. And this is around what Standard Chartered is forecasting. $100,000. That's the price they are looking at by the end of next year. So they are calling the crypto winter, so-called crypto winter, is over. So a couple of reasons they are citing it. As such, because of the recent turmoil in the banking sector. So a bit of lost trust there. Mm. So people are flocking to crypto in that sense. Uh, a stabilization of risk assets as the U.S. Federal Reserve ends its interest rate hiking cycle. That's what they expect. Improved profitability of crypto mining. So that's where the halving event comes into play. It happens every four years. The reward that miners get for mining crypto or Bitcoin is halved. So that supply, in a sense, is cut and prices in theory, would go up. So based on all those scenarios, they are forecasting $100,000, which is nearly three times where it is right now.
1: My goodness me. If Standard Chartered is right, that's a big up for Bitcoin, expected by the bank to hit $100,000 by the end of next year. Bitcoin, by the way, is currently trading south of $30,000. Let's
0: look at Fox News. All right, Fox News is going to be down, down big time because... Tucker Carlson, one of his most popular hosts, primetime hosts, has been let go. So it's quite a big shake-up for Fox News because he is a very popular TV host for Fox. So it is going to change the dynamics of Fox. And of course, they lose a huge star. And investors not liking the news. The market cap of Fox down more than $500 million. So we saw the Class A shares of Fox Corporation sinking as much as 5.4% before trimming losses to 2.9%. And worth noting some of the reasons why Carlson was possibly let go. Um, there's been this whole debacle about Fox News versus Dominion Systems over voter fraud. So, Fox has been found guilty of defamation and they're slapped with a settlement of fine of over $780 million. And alongside, Carlson has been quite um, upset with Fox saying that this entire saga has been damaging to the credibility, so these private messages were made public. Plus, he's been quite vocal against Donald Trump, which, of course, is a contrasting approach to what Fox News typically takes.
1: Imagine that, 6 years as one of as the top primetime cable hosts coming to an abrupt end. Tucker Carlson apparently said he was blindsided uh, as Fox abruptly cut its ties, thanking him in a very terse news release for his contributions to the network. Okay, so definitely uh that'd be um, New, down, down. I mean, look at Shares of Fox News, trading lower on the back of that news. Alright, let's look at Apple.
0: Alright, Apple is going to be an up for me. So this is with an abuse court, mostly citing of Apple on its App Store rules versus Epic Games. So that decision signals that Apple's control over the App Store and the fees it charges likely won't change much as a result of their ongoing legal challenge by Epic Games. And of course, the backdrop is how Epic, uh, which is behind Fortnite, has been trying to go against or protest Apple's 30% commission for charging in-game purchases. So that, it seems like, is not going to change because Apple is calling it a victory for them.
1: Yeah, so Apple's won another round in this epic courtroom battle with Epic Games. Uh, Let me give you some background. An appeals court over on Monday mostly sided with Apple over its App Store rules. However, Apple can no longer bank links to payments uh, outside of its ecosystem. Uh, Apple officials are publicly celebrating, but I think uh, given this whole idea of like growing outside your own system and not being able to do so payments-wise is a down for Apple. All right, let's look at first read.
0: All right, first read is going to be in... Oh, I was going to say up. down, but <laughs> okay. financing costs are up. So it's going to be uh, a down on DPU, which was for the first quarter lower by 6.1%. It's also citing the depreciation of foreign con- currencies against the single dollar. So that's a, another hit win. So all in, you have DPU down 6.1% to. cents
1: okay i'm slightly more optimistic on first read ocbc has initiated coverage on first read it's giving it a buy rating so that's an up for first read in my book for our last word today i'd like to raise a toast to you ryan to you dan our producer and to all the listeners listening in especially those of you joining us from korea you'll find out in a moment why are you a whiskey drinker ryan
0: Yes, that's my go-to. Ah, what's your favorite time?
1: Absolutely not. I like anything (laughs) that's clear, white, clear, zero calories. That's what I drink.
0: Zero calories? That's (laughs) quite tough. All right, whiskey for me. And uh, yeah, it goes well in those. um, Single malt. Single malt. Is that what you like? And Mm. actually, I'm not too fussed about it. They all taste good. Pretty good.
1: Okay. Uh, over in South Korea, young drinkers, uh, what's known as the MZ generation for millennials and Gen Z, they can't get enough of whiskey. Imports of the spirit have soared, jumping nearly 80% in the first quarter of this year. Apparently, Jameson Irish whiskey is quite popular over in South Korea. Sales of whiskey, brandy, rum have even topped that of Korea's national drink, soju. Beer, though, is still by far the most popular alcoholic beverage there. Go on,
0: <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I'm not sure why, but I guess it's uh, fashionable these days to drink whiskey.
1: I think so. I think so. It's still too, too harsh for me, really. Anyway, thank you very much for listening in. This is Market View. He's Ryan Huang, a big fan of single malt whiskey. I'm Michelle Martin. Thank you for your company.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM.